episode number 59. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor-Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. Just a quick reminder that I am leading another Getting Unstuck Challenge. It's coming up on Sunday, June 24th, and it will be a three-day challenge, different from the last one. And we had over 200 people from around the world join in on the last one, and I really hope that you take advantage of joining me on this one. I really see it as an opportunity because I will be showing up in your inbox for three days in a row to basically motivate you to start looking at your life, noticing what's working, noticing what's not, and what you have the power to do to make changes. It's really an awesome event that has a lot of potential if you put the effort into it. So I do hope you join me. So if you have been following the podcast for the last couple of episodes, you probably know that I just finished leading a retreat here in Israel, and it was awesome. It was really awesome. And one of the reasons it was awesome is because it was different than the other retreats I have ever led. And the reason it was different than the other retreats I have ever led is because I changed things around. So let me take a few steps back. I started leading retreats here in Israel last year, and while I had co-led retreats in the past, and I had assisted other teachers on their retreats in the past, and of course I've been teaching yoga for 20 years, and I have led many, many, many groups in the past, last year was the first time ever that I have led my own retreat. And basically, I was able to do this because of the experience and inspiration I have received from a neighbor of mine, Rabbi James Jacobson Meisels, who leads retreats here in Israel, actually here in my community, which I have attended and I have assisted with his organization called Or Halev. And yet, while I participated and I worked on his retreats, I knew that my retreats were going to look a little bit different from his. So my first few retreats took place over a weekend, which is to say the retreats began on a Thursday night and ended on a Saturday night, which means the retreats fell on Shabbat, which is the Sabbath, which is on a Saturday. The diversity of the participants on my retreats, I think, is one of its greatest strengths. Women are welcome no matter what their level of observance is. I always tell the women when they sign up that some of the mindfulness practices that we do may be new to them and that they are encouraged to come with an open heart and experience what the treat has to offer them. That being said, for example, only kosher food is served and Shabbat, the Sabbath, is observed as a group. Now, you may or may not be familiar with the laws of keeping the Jewish Sabbath, but if you are not aware, I will just tell you there are a lot of laws which basically protects people from, in a very general sense, doing things on the Sabbath that you would do 
during the week. Again, that's a a very general summary, but the idea of the Sabbath is that it's a day of rest and it's a holy day. And it's not a day of creativity or working or anything like that. You can certainly learn more about that on the internet if you'd like. But what it translates for me on my retreats is that, for example, there is no journaling on the Sabbath and there is no music played on the Sabbath. So basically, the first few retreats that I led were amazing and the feedback was very positive. And from the feedback I received, I was able to make some slight changes to improve future retreats. What surprised me, actually, is that I heard from a few of the women that they would have preferred that my retreat had not fallen on a Sabbath, which kind of blew me away because I would have thought that most people would want to get away on a weekend and not get away in the middle of the week. So when they put that out there, I was just kind of like, I I was stunned. I stared at them. I was thinking to myself, uh, okay, so you're probably like the only two people in the country that would want that. So, you know, it's a good idea. But if I'm going to lead retreats, I need people to be attending them. So, oh, well, I mean, I didn't say this out loud to anyone. I was just thinking that to myself. Because like, who leads retreats in the middle of the week, right? But I realized that I was just stuck on disbelief. That's all that was. I mean, I was just acutely aware that I could be wrong. And that something else may be out there for me that I'm literally blinding myself to because I'm saying no, before I can consider any other possibility. It was just so clear to me. So I didn't want to stay stuck in disbelief or stuck in doubt or stuck in uncertainty. I wanted to free myself of that. So I took myself through the stuck method to process through it. The first thing, of course, I took a stop. I didn't make phone calls. I didn't send emails to people. I didn't post on Facebook to ask people what they think about this idea. I just sat without thinking, without preparing, without grabbing onto thoughts. I just sat and let go of any need to hold on to anything really. Kind of like going back to square one, like that feeling of being okay with not knowing. There really is a certain comfort you can get when you surrender to being okay with not knowing. Anyway, then I told myself that I was stuck on doubt and disbelief and uncertainty. And I allowed myself to feel those feelings, which kind of felt like a tightness in my body. And I uncovered beliefs surrounding those emotions. Why was I feeling those feelings? Well, because I believed that no one takes vacations in the middle of the week. Do I know that for sure? No. And I believed that women prefer to get away on the weekends. Do I know that for sure? No. I believed that only doing this over Shabbat, over the Sabbath, would make it really special. Mm, Nope, not necessarily. I believed the retreat would attract fewer women during the week than it would over a weekend. Mm, No, I don't know that either for sure. So I realized I really had no reason to be doubtful or uncertain or in disbelief because I had no hard facts to even base them on, right? 
So of course I considered other ways of looking at this situation. I could consider asking women what their preferences are. I could consider trying to advertise a midweek retreat and see what happens. I could consider that I have attended midweek retreats in the past and I've enjoyed getting away during the week. I could consider I can get away in the middle of the week and if there was a retreat that I wanted to go to, I would do it. I could consider that many of the women that are attending my retreats are, let's say, between the ages of like 40 and 60. And many of them don't have little kids anymore. And actually, I could consider that it's not so difficult for them to get away in the middle of the week. I could consider that leading a midweek retreat would offer an incredible opportunity for me because then I would have like an extra day to do journaling or play music or whatever else I wanted to do because that second day wouldn't be on Shabbat where we are limited from doing such things. I could consider trying something new. I mean, a midweek retreat would really look different from a Shabbat retreat and I could try that. I could consider the worst thing that could happen is I advertise for the retreat and no one registers. That's all. And then I'd have some data to work from. So I chose to try something new. I said to myself, why not? And I started advertising this midweek retreat that would begin on a Sunday night and end on a Tuesday night. And guess what? Women registered. And guess what? The past retreat that I led was not only unbelievable because I had that extra day, I'm now actually very heavily leaning towards only offering midweek retreats from now on. How crazy is that? I mean, really, is that not crazy? There I was blinding myself from the possibility of doing something different. And then the moment I do, I realize it's the way that I want to keep things. Isn't that amazing? I don't know. To me, at least that is. On this past retreat, the women did much more journaling than on past retreats, which was, by the way, one of the feedbacks from the earlier retreats that there wasn't enough time for journaling. But of course, that was out of my hands. And on this past retreat, I played more music. Not only did we do yoga, but we did some spontaneous body movement and free dance, which wasn't even planned. And I did it. And that was awesome. And for the first time on my retreats, I added an art component where we basically expressed our intentions or our mantras or our considerations on paper using whatever form spoke to the women, crayons, markers, watercolors, whatever. This retreat, at least for me, was, I think, the best retreat I've ever led. And I owe it to the schedule because truly it was having that extra day that opened me up to the realization of being able to add more non-Sabbath-like activities, which is what made it so valuable. And I'm so, so, so grateful to the women who suggested this, and to me, really, for getting unstuck from keeping things the same. I mean, look, I could have kept things the same, right? Like forever, I could have gone on doing the same retreat, 
The question is, would that have brought out the greatest potential for these retreats or not? And I would say, probably not. And as I thought about that, I held myself in self-compassion, K, for having gotten stuck in uncertainty and doubt and disbelief in the first place. So I'd love to challenge you here for a moment. Where in your life do you feel like you may be doing something as you always do, but maybe there's another way that can benefit you in your life better? Maybe you can look at the time of day that you wake up or the time of day you go to sleep. Maybe you can look at any routines or habits in terms of the way you eat or what you eat, or maybe how you interact with certain people or even the way you think about certain people. What do you do in your life that's out of rote or out of habit and you do it because it's quote unquote the way things are done, or the way you always do things. Where in your life can you consider trying to do something differently? I would love to hear from you if you come up with an answer to those questions and if you actually try something different. Feel free to reach out to me and share with me. So I offered you a little challenge right here, but if you'd like more of that kind of a challenge, definitely sign up for the next three-day Getting Unstuck Challenge, which starts on Sunday, June 24th. Only if you sign up will you receive the emails from me and the videos from me about the challenges in your inbox. Okay, my dear friends, next week I'm going to share with you a story that happened right after the retreat ended and how I almost got stuck on blaming someone for something very valuable that was lost. Stay tuned to hear the rest of that story. And until next time, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com.